0: Welcome to TR Talks, where your host, Team Rajpal, talks everything Toronto and GTA real estate, from buying, selling, leasing, investing, and rental management. An unfiltered conversation with industry experts helping you stay up to date with the market. Welcome to TR Talks, where your host, Team Rajpal, Talks everything Toronto and GTA real estate from buying, selling, leasing, investing, and rental management. An unfiltered conversation with industry experts helping you stay up to date with the market. Hello. Hey, welcome everybody. Hello. Oh, wow. Nick, I know you guys just went door knocking and your energy levels are like really super low. What was it, 31 degrees?
1: Felt like 40.
2: Well, it's 31 degrees the day we're recording this.
0: That is true. And how long were you out? Oh,
1: like an hour and a half. 31
2: seconds.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I know. Like now almost it seems like the winter door knocking was a breeze.
2: I don't know about that. Really? There was a breeze.
0: (laughs) No, well, I honestly, I don't know. Maybe I prefer door knocking in the winter. I actually think that might be a thing.
2: I think clients are going to think I'm golfing a lot.
0: Oh, okay. Well, do you not tell them that you're door knocking, looking for sellers, looking for buyers, but bringing it back to the topic for today. And first of all, I'm here with Nick and Xerxes from the team. We want to talk about common mistakes, wait for it, that landlords make. And so things that you want to avoid to ensure that it's a smooth and successful rental experience. So before we started recording, Nick said, well, that's easy.
1: Landlords are not hiring agents. That's the number one mistake. I think experienced
2: agents. Because we deal with agents who, I mean,
1: it's a joke. Well, I wouldn't say that.
0: I don't know that I want to quite go down that path. But yes, I would say that experienced agents, so, so crucial. I'd say avoid part-time agents, avoid agents that have little to no experience. But it's true. I mean, if that first step is done right, where you're dealing with an experienced agent, then maybe all this long list of other mistakes, you know, may yeah. not happen.
1: Any other mistakes after that, it's technically the agent's fault. Maybe hire an agent being with, right? And you know,
2: you I mean, mean after you've done your due diligence, yeah, in hiring the right or supposedly the right person.
1: Well, I mean, at the end of the day, everyone has to start some somewhere, right? So, new agents starting leases—it's mm-hmm. normal. I mean, it's common for us to deal with new agents in leasing. But of course, experienced agents makes the process a lot more easier and smoother,
0: for sure. But now, and yeah. going back to the mistakes from a landlord's perspective, very first thing would be inadequate tenant screening. How many times have we, you know, looked at situations where, you know, on the surface of it, it seems great, but then when you dig deeper, which is what we do, you find things or you discover things that, you know, others are simply not going through. So talk to me about that.
2: So when it comes to tenant screening, there's multiple things you need to do. In today's environment, more than ever, I think... As rents have increased, so has the fraud. And, you know, you kind of have to really know to the best of your ability, I would say. That would be the best way of putting it as to who you're taking on this business. Because it is a business relationship at the end of the day. Yeah. You're doing it as a landlord to make money. And I get that. But don't only focus on the money. I mean, the number of landlords who I've seen and there are tenants who send out applications And when it's fraud, it's just a number on a piece of paper because if they're not paying it and they have no intention of paying it and their history will show you whether or not they're going to do that. And I'm not saying we all make mistakes in life. I'm not saying that that's the case here. But I'm talking about someone who has malice Mm -hmm. in their intent. And at the end of the day, as a landlord, it's also your job. Just like when the banks are lending people money, they qualify people on mortgages. It is your job to understand the costs involved in living as well as the costs involved when it comes to making sure your rents are being paid. Because let's be honest, with the way the Ontario Landlord Tenant Board Act works, the tenant has rights. And let me ask you, are they going to put themselves on the street intentionally Purposefully, no no. they're just not going to pay you the rent and so it's better to put in the work put in the effort like when we do i know when we do our lease agreements we take 48 hours at least to go through it typically we check on the tenants background with regards to their financial background credit reports you know reaching out to their references past landlords and it's important not to only look at the past landlord. It's important, actually, it's more important to look at two landlords ago. Because the last landlord, if they have issues with the tenant, they're going to want the tenant out.
0: Well, not only that, then a little bit more sometimes of going in and going online and seeing what you can find. Going to LinkedIn, going online and seeing what you 100%. can find out about whoever's going to be occupying your property. And that brings me to... Another common mistake, which is landlords neglecting to maintain their properties.
1: I think that's a a pretty big one, too. Some landlords always feel entitled that maybe the tenant should do all the maintenance because they're living there, but that's actually not true. Of course, there's always a certain extent of what the tenant should do, but the major repairs of the property from normal wear and tear is 100% the landlord's responsibility.
2: And keep in mind, when you take care of your property, it will automatically generate better quality tenant applications.
0: A tenant applications, but also it's upkeeping the value of your 100%. property. Like if you think about it, let's say something's been rented out for like a few years, but you're like, you know what, I'll deal with it when the tenant is gone. The cost I imagine of upkeeping and maintaining a property like that versus doing it as you go I'm sure it's going to be a lot higher.
2: A hundred percent. Like doing small things like, you know, every three or four years, like between tenants, like throw a coat of paint on. It's not the end of the world. It is a tax write-off. Like that's what I mean by you. People are always chase the dollar, not the pennies, Mm -hmm. you know, and if, if we're just looking at it from a financial term basis, but also sometimes it's about getting putting in that little extra effort to get a better quality tenant, even if they're paying the same amount, because the moment you have issues with a tenant, it can cost you like the rent is a rounding error. (laughs)
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) And that's the most important thing. And keep in mind, you know, I know we have these labels, tenants, landlords, we're dealing with other people like, and the most important thing is understanding it may be your property, but it's their home. Yeah. And having that respect for the person will gain you huge amount of leverage in the long run because you've developed a relationship. You've not just treated them like an account or a number.
0: No, absolutely. And I think it goes both ways. Obviously, we're speaking from the perspective of a landlord right now, but how you're treating your landlord or your tenant, sorry, is it is going to impact how they treat your home because they're now calling it home for themselves.
2: Yep, 100%. Yeah, I think the next one is the, I know we, we had two points here. One was inadequate lease agreements. But keep in mind, in today's day and age, the Ontario, Ontario lease agreement is the standard agreement. It is the law in which we all work within. And it's very straightforward.
0: It is, but, and I have to ask you guys, I know that you've done a lot more leases than I have, but... There are times, I'm pretty sure, there are, like, you know, a lease document written on a sheet of paper. And that's, it's not going to be binding, but it's not that it doesn't happen.
2: No, and that's the thing, like, it's important to understand, like, the Ontario government has the Ontario standard lease. In fact, most property managements, with regards to when you, let's say you rent a condo, most property managements in the building will require a copy of the Ontario Standard Lease. Like, they don't even need the original ARIA lease anymore. They need the Ontario Standard Lease. So that has become, you know, call it what you will, it is the actual lease agreement by which everybody abides by. And it creates a more level playing field.
1: I think the terms that we see on there nowadays, half of it don't even... It's, a, it's voided. Like, it doesn't really... Matter like saying no pets, no subleasing, these are voided. Like, we can write it on it just for the landlord to feel better, which sometimes we do. By the end of the day, if the tenant wants to take it to the board, it's technically they can't fight it because you're allowed to technically sublease with approval of the landlord, you're allowed to have pets. These things are
2: 100%. Valid. And the thing is, like, it kind of leads to the next point, which was what I was saying originally. We have two points here. One is the lack of understanding of the landlord and tenant laws. The number of times we've taken on clients for the first time. And, you know, you talk to them and they go, well, my tenants I rate because of X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, okay, well, what was the conversation that you had? And they said, well, we told them this.
0: Perfect example. Well, we told them that we're going to be selling the property. And so they need to leave. Exactly.
2: (laughs) And this is where, you know, there's that lack of, like, it's an umbrella for, lack of communication, lack of understanding the laws. Like, if you are going to be a landlord, understand the laws. If you're going to be a tenant, understand your rights. It's as simple as that. And especially if you're an agent, and we're talking to agents here, understand it before representing someone through it.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, just to add to that for the tenants, yes, understand your rights. But, of course, there are responsibilities that tenants have as well. And I think sometimes that's where the frustration comes in for landlords is that, you know, the landlords are kind of made to seem like the bad guys or gals. And what happens is like, that's not always the case, but that is sometimes the picture that is painted. And what happens is there are instances, many instances where it's actually the reverse and either party doesn't want to have to wait for a year or so for the landlord tenant bureau to take action or to resolve something. And I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but it was just even talking about knowing things and knowing the law. So this example that I brought up, you know, clients saying, well, you know, why are the tenants upset? We need to sell. And so they need to leave.
2: And I think so
0: let's clarify. So what is it? What is the whole thing around that? That's a common mistake.
2: Well, a tenant can choose to leave after the term agreement, with 60 days notice upon the anniversary or month anniversary of their lease so what do i mean by that let's say you sign a one-year lease agreement that is considered the term following the term the lease automatically goes into month to month if the tenant at that point during the month to month period decides to give notice to a landlord they need to provide the landlord with 60 days notice if the original date on which the day of the month on which they leased the place was on the first of the month for example they can give 60 days any day prior to that but the 60 days starts on the first of the month and this is another misconception a lot of people have it's just a 60 day notice mm-hmm. no it's a 60 day notice on the every month it clicks in so if a tenant gives notice that's the procedure however in the event that a landlord wants to sell a property and the tenant doesn't want to leave the tenant doesn't have to leave you as a landlord exactly. put the property up for sale And when you put it up for sale, you provide the tenant with the correct notice in order for the showings to occur. In the event it is a end user purchasing the property, they have to make a declaration that they are an end user and they're planning on selling the property and uh, buying the property and they want vacant possession. At which point, again, 60 days notice is provided, Mm -hmm. which means the closing of the property may be more than 60, 70, 80 days. The second is in the event that a, another investor buys the property. Well, if another investor buys the property and they... They're inheriting the tenant. They're inheriting the lease. Mm -hmm. So, and as per the original terms of the lease. So if your property is older than November 2018, well, guess what? You have to follow the rent increase guidelines no matter what. So it's important to understand the rules and regulations involved. It is important because you are an investor. It is your job to understand the way your investment works get counsel, get seek advice from a professional. that is fine. but understand it yourself before going off on a tangent with the other person that you're in a
1: business relationship with. I think building a good relationship with the tenant, especially during these times are very important from the get-go just because we've been in situations where we've let tenants know that you know my client wants to sell and they are very willing to, cooperate some even would leave earlier and just have it vacate. and
0: that yourself. relationship goes a very long way does. with that
2: 100 so again you're working with people you yeah. know small, a good small gestures go a long long way and it goes both ways it's not about just the gesture from the landlord it's also the gesture from the tenant you know if, if you're a good tenant like to me if you're a good tenant and you're taking care of my property does it make a massive difference if I'm increasing the rent by 50 bucks or 75 bucks? No, because at the end of the day, if you're taking care of my property, that $25 is nothing relative to the value of having a good tenant.
0: Yeah. And we've, I mean, how many homes have we helped our clients with where the tenants have taken care of the property? I mean, you would not know. And and again, it's to say that it's their home, right? They've taken care of it. They've been cooperative. With the showings, but all of that is stemming from a prior, strengthened, strong relationship with the landlord. It doesn't just happen.
2: No. And so, you know, I think the most common mistake that happens is when landlords incorrectly raise rent. I would suspect, I'm not saying this with certainty, but I would suspect it is probably one of the biggest contentions between landlords and
0: tenants. Are you saying incorrectly raise rent once they're in there or even about, you know, what they're pricing their No, because if
2: the landlord prices their unit at X and the tenant doesn't like it, they don't put in an offer. But if a tenant is in the unit after a year and you're giving notice, you can't just expect someone to just pay on demand. And I'm not even saying that people do that. Like, there's a form, whether it's an N1 form, an N2 form. You have to use the appropriate form. You can't just say, I'm raising your rent through an email. That's not how it works. You know, and have that conversation. Again, like, pick up the phone and speak to the tenant. You know, just have that conversation. You know, this is coming down the pipeline. Maybe try and get them more than 90 days.
0: Well, and then, so that leads me to, sometimes it can be, awkward. People don't want to be having these conversations, which is why a property management or a rental management company can help with that. Being that middle person so that you don't have to have the difficult conversations.
2: Gives you arm's length.
0: And yeah, it keeps you at arm's length. And then you're, you know, you've assured yourself that you're going to be following bylaws or not bylaws, but the rules of the landlord tenant bureau. And That you're managing a relationship, but through a third party.
2: 100%. And I think one of the most, I think, overlooked pieces, Mm -hmm. this is specifically for condos, and I think this is very, very important. As a landlord, when you own a property in a condo, it is your duty as a landlord to deliver the condo declaration and bylaws to the tenant. If they are living in a condo, they need to understand what the rules are. If you all of a sudden do not provide them with those rules and things happen, it is on you. It is partly on you in order. When I say that, I mean it from the point of view of how is the tenant supposed to know without having a copy of the rules? When you buy the property, you get a copy of the rules. Why shouldn't the tenant who's living in the property have a copy of the rules? That's fair. And so this is so, so, so important. I cannot stress this enough. You know, doing these extra things it shows you're organized, it shows you're professional, it shows the tenant that they can come to you. But at the same time, you know, you understand your rights as a landlord too. And I think when there's that mutual respect, no one feels like they're taking advantage of the other.
0: Yeah. And speaking of that, I think a really important, I wouldn't call this a mistake. I think I would call it a, an error in judgment or something even harsher. But when landlords discriminate against tenants or potential tenants, and they're basing it off of race, religion, or, you know, just an assumption that they make based on what they're reading or what they're seeing, not really going into the qualifications of a tenant. It's really, it's a travesty because it's very unfair, obviously, to the tenant. But it's setting up these kinds of Stereotypes, and it's setting up stigmas for society, which is so unnecessary. And I think a lot of this is experienced with tenants throughout the GTA. It is something that should be addressed. As realtors, we do take it upon ourselves to educate as much as we can, educate landlords on the importance of looking at how serious a tenant is going to be. And to not be basing decisions just on personal, you know, personal impression for that, that's really coming out of nowhere.
2: Some of the best tenants I've had have been people who have just arrived to this country with a pet. Yeah,
0: <laughs> for your own property, you were like, Both yeah, make sure you don't put no pets. You didn't want that.
2: No, because I have a pet myself. And that's the funny part. It's like sometimes landlords, even though... They are living that life. They don't want someone else who's living that life as a tenant. It baffles me. Like, it's just like... Oh,
0: have you had that?
2: Both my tenants were new immigrants, like, literally just landed in Canada, both with pets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have both taken care of the property so well.
0: So there you go. It's just another are giving a person assumption. a chance yeah.
2: when no one else is. And they appreciate it. They're human like, yeah, but to that.
0: Yes. Was there anything else, Nick, anything else you can think of in terms of landlords making mistakes? I think We've pretty much we've covered it all for the most part. Yeah. Just
2: have a good relationship with your tenant, understand the rules, follow the rules and have a conversation. If sometimes when a person is in trouble, like we all know, like, you know, during COVID, there were a lot of tenants and landlords that got together and helped each other out. It was actually some of it was really disturbing to hear what was going on, and then some of it was really nice to see what was and
0: going heartwarming on. for sure. So yeah.
2: you know, just treat others the way you want to be treated. Nick, did
0: you see how I asked you the question? And Xerxes totally, yeah. totally just took that that's over. Okay. But if did you have any parting thoughts? Otherwise, we're going to wrap uh, up.
1: Use the right forms. I think that's that's a favorite
0: one for Nick. Use yeah. the right forms. Yeah.
1: I mean, like forms. The forms are very straightforward. You just have to read it. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think that Zerx has covered everything. So
0: yeah, but using the right forms, no, that a hundred percent makes sense because there are a few of them. There's a few that you need to know about. But please do follow us and share this podcast with your family and friends. Comment and ask questions and make requests on topics you'd like us to cover. Thank you, and have we'll see day. you next time. See you guys. TR Talks is hosted by members of Team Rajpal with REMAX. Rajiv Rajpal and Xerxes Barucha are brokers. Gita Rajpal and Nicholas Ip are sales representatives, all registered with the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board, Real Estate Council of Ontario, and Canadian Real Estate Association. This podcast is for informational purposes only and not for financial or investment advice. Please do your own due diligence.